Welcome to Season 1 of The Chris Hanna Show, where we're going all in on how to improve your impact, your productivity, and performance. Today's podcast is brought to you by Evolving Management. Isn't it about time that companies and leaders rethink and evolve their approach to managing? Visit evolvingmanagement.com for featured content, blogs, manager toolkits, coaching solutions, and more. That's evolvingmanagement.com. Welcome to another episode of The Chris Hanna Show. Today we're talking about five types of leaders and how to work with these leaders, how to identify them if you are one of these leadership types, and what to do about them, and how to ultimately become the best of these five leaders. I've been fortunate to build and lead teams across a variety of different industries. I've had the opportunity to work with many different types of leaders. Some were good, some were bad, a couple were terrible, and a select few were exceptional. Now the difference between exceptional, good, bad, and terrible is always noticeable if you ask anyone who's reporting to them. But what distinguishes an outstanding leader from someone good, bad, or terrible? There's a lot of people who think that leaders are born and that couldn't be further from the truth. There's not one personality or communication style that can make a difference when it comes to being an exceptional leader. Now situational factors do play when it comes to being a great leader. Maybe years of experience could matter for some situations as well. It helps, but I've seen terrible leaders who've been doing it a long time too. Confidence is something that is important as well when it comes to being an exceptional leader, but I've also seen some people who have a false sense of confidence, combined with maybe a lack of self-awareness, believing in that they can do no wrong. I think the number one trait that actually defines an exceptional leader, and in my experience is something that I really value in others, is that they choose to be the best. That's right. So when I'm talking about an exceptional leader, I'm talking about the importance of somebody saying that it's their will that aligns best with their skill in making them exceptional. They want to be really good as a leader. They want to do that, and they also have the skills and the talent to make it so. Because ultimately, I think that leadership is a choice. The choice to be great is just that. It is a choice. The best leaders choose to give their best every single day, regardless of the situation or the obstacle that is facing them or their team or their organization or their customers. It is those who try to be the best of the best at what they do that they demand so much of it from themselves first that they're able to make sure that they're making the right choices when it comes to their personal development and they're focusing on evolving their approach to leadership. Now, if it's true that leadership is a choice, then why do we see so many good, what I would classify as average or bad or terrible leaders out there? Shouldn't everyone in a leadership position decide that they want to be the best that they can be? Well, unfortunately, the answer is no. The truth is that leadership isn't for everyone. I've seen and heard it countless times throughout my career that people sometimes want to be a leader only to come to regret it later on hoping and wishing for an opportunity to maybe to become an individual contributor again. The reality is, is not everyone is suited to be a leader. That might be the next logical step on the corporate ladder to get to the next level, but once they get into a leadership position, they're fine, they're not as happy, not as fulfilled, and looking for something else. Some people just want the title. They want the money, the status that comes with being a leader, without putting in some of that additional effort and accepting that level of accountability that ultimately is required. When the going gets tough, you know, the tough get going, they either give up or they start taking the easy way out. 
So as I said earlier, there are five types of leaders that I have seen throughout my career. Some are good, some are bad, some are terrible, some exceptional. But we're going to take you through the five distinct leadership types that I have seen. And each of them comes with its own challenges and opportunities. And as we talk through them, I think it's important for you to take a reflective moment here and look at yourself if you're a leader, or look at those who you might report to or work with closely throughout your organizations or throughout your history, and determine, have you seen these five leadership types out there? So the first leadership type is what I call the mistake. Unfortunately, some people are just not cut out to lead. Someone along the line decided to promote or hire someone who just isn't the right fit for a leadership role. Everybody knows that a mistake is made too, except for the person that we classify as the mistake. They're usually blind to their issues, so they carry on, they're ineffective, whether they know it or not, they're creating more work for everyone else. And that fails to provide value to the business and to the organization and ultimately to its employees. Now, team members will show frustration. Sometimes they'll express it to that leader themselves or they express it to one another across the team with how incompetent they feel that their leader is. Combined with the inability to communicate effectively as being a trait that is often seen when it comes to the mistake leadership profile. Now, driving forward with any sort of initiative successfully is really painful when it comes to the mistake. Usually it only happens because somebody else covers for them. Those who are hired or promoted honestly will start to give them a bit of a longer leash because they realize that they themselves have made the mistake. They'd like to erase that and hope and pray that the situation resolves itself in more times than not. It honestly won't. The mistake will need to be addressed at some point. Now that leads me to the second leadership type, what I call the struggler. Now these type of leaders, they want to be successful. They really, truly do. But they lack the talent and the skills needed to do so. They are buried in their work and they struggle to keep up. Don't be surprised to see things like their email inboxes stack up deep with requests that are severely delayed. When someone does get a response from the struggler, it's half-baked. It's usually not making much sense. Concepts such as time management and efficiency almost seem foreign in terms of being a concept that a struggler can really resonate with. They overbook and they overcommit themselves to things that probably should have been delegated, but as a leader, they're oblivious to that. And speaking of oblivious, really, they're just not sure of how they're perceived. They don't know, so the leader needs to rely on the goodwill and the generosity of others to carry the load and they might not realize that so much of their success is because others are covering for them and their ability and i guess inability to struggle to actually accomplish what needs to be done now others are going to carry the load and they're going to do it because they want to make their work lives more tolerable You'll often find that there are superstar employees out there who will cover up the mistakes of the struggler but everyone has a limit, so at some point, there might be a possibility that others will just let it burn for the struggler, and hope that action is taken. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, because it all depends ultimately who is the decision maker in making that call. Now closely related to the struggler is what I like to call the time waster. These leaders, they have the best intentions, but unbeknownst to them, they waste every single person's time chasing mindless tasks, having meetings that don't need to happen, 
talking through things that end up being much longer and more convoluted than they actually need to be. Sometimes these time wasters, they shift priorities, taking their teams in directions that provide little value. Shooting from the hip is common for them, as they cannot plan or strategize multiple steps ahead or connect all the pieces together in a manner that makes sense for everyone involved. Now, a word of advice for people here. When you're dealing with the time waster, as an employee or even as a colleague, you want to be careful with sharing any data with them until it's fully validated and vetted out. Because time wasters overreact to whatever they see. They will see a certain piece of data, and if it's not properly vetted out, they will take that as gospel, and they will run with it. And that can have damaging effects on the team, the business, the direction. Items that are also delegated by this type of leader are ones that team members spend an insufferable amount of time on. Only to find out, quite often actually, that the outputs were never used. I think that a great example of this would be a time waster who will ask for reports to be generated, but not use those reports, or ask for multiple updates and revisions and not only realizing that these reports aren't probably what is actually needed, but they don't provide the value that the time waster thinks that they do. Now, employees reporting to this leader are often more confused and frustrated than they are actually engaged. Now, the goal of any leader is to make sure that their employees are engaged because that's how you unlock discretionary effort. But after seeing the lack of value that this leader provides, it's not a surprise to see that the employees working with them choose to work around instead because it's easier. Another leader out there is what I call the rookie leader. At some point, everyone is new. We're not born into leadership and we become experts right away, but everybody has a moment where they are the new leader. They could be just newly promoted to a team, from within, externally, whatever it's going to be. They've never led people before. When it comes to rookie leaders, there are two distinct ends of the spectrum, though. On one side, some rookie leaders know that they have a lot to learn, so they're humble. They listen. They learn. They step in where they know they can provide value. For these type of leaders, they slowly dip their toes into the water. They're getting deeper over time. Unfortunately, some are so reluctant to move forward that situations may force them to step up before they're fully ready. But ultimately, that's how experience develops. Now on the other side of the spectrum, there are rookie leaders who, once promoted, solely rely on the dreaded positional authority. They demand compliance because they see that with their title, comes the power to influence. They lean on the fact that they are the manager, the supervisor, the director, the executive of a certain area, versus actually gaining that trust and rapport with their direct reports. Some people believe that instantly becoming a leader makes it appear that they have mastered their role before even really gaining the experience required. If an ineffective leader is leading a team of already experienced leaders, that can be a recipe for disaster. Now, the final leadership profile is what I like to call the superstar. Now, it's obvious that based on all five profiles listed, the superstar is the best of the rest. They're confident in their abilities, yet they're humble enough to know and admit when they are not strong. These leaders ultimately display what I like to call balance. They have an eye for being more proactive than reactive. 
They also have a strategy in place that includes the short, the mid, and the long term. Excellent communication skills are paramount, and they are evident as existing and being embodied by superstars. Now, superstars, they recognize that the key to their success as a leader is ensuring that their team is successful first. They choose to bring their best selves forward, acknowledging the role that they play in positive employee experiences, but they neglect to take full credit for all successes too. Now, their mindset also is prioritizing establishing win-win relationships. This is important, and I've talked about it in a previous podcast episode where I talked about how to break down walls and silos. Removing obstacles in one team's way can only be done by fostering those win-win relationships cross-functionally. The breakdown between teams isn't really over personality conflicts of any sort. The breakdown honestly happens because there's a breakdown in communication. And that's where the win-win relationships that these superstar leaders, that's where it can make a difference and make the biggest impact. Now, superstar leaders also mentor others through creating a culture of coaching. They are focused on trying to mold the next generation of new leaders. They do it because that is what their job is. That's what they see their responsibility is. To create the next wave of leaders, they don't hold back and keep everything for themselves. They empower their team members to do what they need to do and make decisions. They inspire the way and they create a shared vision of the future. And they challenge broken processes. And it's through that empowering others to act that the biggest difference happens. Now, of these five leadership types, have you experienced or witnessed any of these? Maybe, after hearing them, are you currently questioning whether you are one of these leadership types? Maybe you are, and you don't know it. It can be really hard for us to look in the mirror and see ourselves how others see or perceive us. I would argue that perception is so challenging to manage. Many leaders feel like they're performing well, that they're meeting or they're exceeding expectations, when in reality, they're still developing or they're incredibly inconsistent. Some fail to deliver results, but they're unaware of that fact too. Now, they're unaware of that fact because maybe their leader is part of the problem as well in not having those clear communications and those expectations shared. Now, worse, there are leaders that are casting judgment on their employees as well, who they themselves are ineffective in their roles, and they're ignorant and unappreciative of the contributions of team members. So my final thoughts are this, in that at the end of the year, when that rolls around, you'll see companies that will engage in end-of-the-year evaluations, maybe bucketing employees into categories. Now, failing to assess talent, strengths, and accomplishments, it's the ineffective leaders that miscast and overlook their superstar employees. Now, that results in a vicious cycle of disengagement. Many organizations judge performance incorrectly. They might rely on subjective feelings instead of objective facts. Or they're measuring the wrong KPIs and holding people to standards that really don't make sense or drive the wrong behaviors. Unfortunately, when some leaders and organizations try to create these metrics, the way that performance is measured is just all wrong, and you ultimately get what you reward. When the ways that we measure success are flawed, the whole system ultimately suffers. So it's so important to make sure that there's a great culture of leadership development within an organization to create that future group of leaders that can really take a business to the next level. Now, if a leader is casting judgment and they themselves are 
a mistake, a struggler, a time waster, or a rookie leader, their assessments require some level of additional review. Somewhere along the line, a decision made will be incorrect. So providing a superstar with a wrong evaluation will see that person check out and they're disengaged and they're at risk to leave the organization. You want to find those people who are the superstars, who are the leaders in the organization, and cultivate a culture that maximizes their talents. The more that organizations can focus on trying to create a culture of leadership development and a culture of coaching, the more that they will be able to produce outstanding results that help their organization thrive and not just survive in today's hyper-competitive marketplace. You've been listening to The Chris Hanna Show. To have me speak at your next event, or for additional solutions to help you achieve more than you thought possible, visit chrishanna.ca today. For other solutions and resources designed to help companies and leaders rethink and evolve their approach to managing, be sure to check out evolvingmanagement.com. Lastly, please remember to subscribe and share to receive the latest episodes wherever you listen to your podcast. We look forward to connecting with you again soon for another episode of The Chris Hanna Show.